Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code STEVE, S-T-E-V-E. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on pulpmx.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. Unadilla wrap-up. I'm your host, Steve Mathis, here in uh, rainy Las Vegas, everyone. Rainy Las Vegas. And uh, thanks, for everybody, for listening. Don't forget to uh, support BTOsports.com. And uh, they, they need all the support they can get. They are a big part of these shows. So with me on the line, my boss, the man who not only did not like my Brock Tickle article, but just didn't fix it, just decided to do it himself, Jason Wygant. Pick it up, Steve. <laughs> this is the both barrels. Was that the both barrels or is it both barrels? That was both barrels. Oh, yeah, that was both barrels. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, the man who uh, cheated his way to a twenty-two twenty-six at Unadilla, Jason Thomas. I am a track cutter. Apparently, what did not know this before. I pretty much was the one choosing my lines the whole race, but apparently I am. Why can't? It's a real shame that he's going out this way, cheating. It's a real shame to to have one of the greats uh, just sort of try to cheat his way out of a career. Uh, it's kind of like I was going to say, like baseball players, you know, they get a little older in the years, they start taking roids, whatever it takes to stay on top. But mm-hmm. we've actually found that many of the baseball players have been proven innocent, unlike JT. So he's actually in a class of his own right now. The, uh, and, and, or lack of class of his own, I should say. <laughs> Thank you. I, we, we did, I did see the email from the Iron Fist of Jeff Canfield coming down. Um, the, JT, what was the deal with that? What happened? <laughs> what was going um, on? Basically... What happened was they said we cut the track and they find us all. <laughs> all right, where, what? <laughs> more or less. I well, mean, what section? I don't know. I argued what? it. I, you know, told them I thought it was very not. You know, they have they have no photo proof, no video proof. You know, just one, uh, you know, person claiming we did it, and she wrote down all of our numbers. Um, and whatever, I, I'm sure she was. You know, and I know who it was, and she's just doing what she was supposed to do. Uh, I just happen to disagree with it, and we basically have no recourse. You know, it's a hundred bucks. It's not the end of the world, but I just I disagreed with how they are going about it. They didn't talk to me. They didn't, you know, call me. They didn't do anything. They just I just get an email saying I'm fine for cutting the track. You know, basically calling me saying I was cheating, which how, I don't know. I just don't like how it's handled. How many well. How many guys got got fined? Do you know? They said ten. I wonder if Moose so, Cam was one of them. I don't know. That's what I said. I said you have your overall winner cutting the track, making an actual pass right. for the you know the overall winner of the race doing it on national television, and then you know I hear nothing about it, but then I get an email about a fine, and I got you know twenty seventh place overall. <laughs> Obviously, it was I wasn't getting an advantage. I got zero points. I pretty much got a slap in the face for coming, basically. You know, <laughs> Thank you. by all the other riders, they just beat beat the crap out of me on the track. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> it's whatever. No big deal. Well, everybody's gonna move on. It's just I just thought it was pretty silly. 
Real shame. You You're lucky it. you didn't have to argue with the one who was writing the numbers down. You're, you'd much oh, I, I know you exactly. Good. There's no way I would confront that person ever about anything. I'm very, very scared. <laughs> Let me just talk to Canfield. We'll just leave it with him. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. I had no problem yelling at Jeff, but that's as far as I was going to take it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Here is the check. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Uh, thank if you, you really have an issue, we'll have to send you over to Roy Jansen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you for letting me race the series. Here, let me pay you. Right. Thank you. Thank you very right. much. Oh. I'm very sorry. You're right. If you need more money, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> um, JT, uh, not a fan of the track on uh, on um, after after the after the uh, moto. The uh, it did look brutal. It looked it looked gnarly slot car ish, man. Um, uh, Talk about it a little bit and how tough it was. Well, honestly, I, I was um, pretty happy with the effort they made. Like, they brought in new dirt, which I think has been needed for a while. They brought, like, topsoil or whatever they brought in. Uh, unfortunately, which is totally out of their control, it rained quite a bit on Friday and uh, made, basically made all that topsoil just a, uh, you know, soft, mm-hmm. muddy mess. And uh, you know, I, I really felt that if they, they would have dissed the track, um, you know, in between motos a little bit, which I, I know there was time constraints with all the four motos going live. So, I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if that would play a factor or not. But uh, I, I felt like the track could have been awesome. The dirt was really good by the end of the day. But the problem was the lines we had made in practice, you know, just ruts. Literally from one turn to the next was one rut for 200 yards. Mm-hmm. And it was just from practice that they never touched. I felt like if they would have fixed that, the track would have probably been the best of the year. But since they didn't, it was just really dangerous. You saw big crashes. And, and it was so high speed in these ruts that all the crashes you saw were big, you know, horrific endos and over the bars. And all these guys are getting hurt and concussions. And, you know, it's just unfortunate. I, I felt like it was it could have been avoided. It was gnarly how I get. Like, uh, you, you called the action from the safety of your trailer, by the way, where there was no ruts. But uh, Right. It, or uh, rain. Or rain. Um, but you you know, you disadvantage of that is sometimes that you ruin the sport when the gate drops. Um, Your sport, their sport, yes. Um, yeah, it was, uh, that was one of the most bizarre first couple of laps um, mm-hmm. I've seen in quite some time. That was just, I think the Weimer crash really did it. I mean, Stewart got the lead, he went down, you know, one guy crashing happens, but then the guy that immediately was in, like, then it happens twice, right. then you're thinking, okay, we got a little trend here, and then <laughs> it happens to burn also, like, that is that doesn't happen yeah. very often. I hate to say it, guys got hurt there, but um, it did make for an exciting race. Yeah, yeah, it did. Do we do we think Michael Byrne would have won? I, I do. I do. J- J- I have no does. doubt because if he would have lapped me, which those the other two guys lapped me with like two laps to go, you would have seen the biggest scandal in the history of the sport because I would have ran everybody <laughs> off the track all the way around. Like there would have been just carnage behind him because there's no way uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have blocked him. That, that might have got you a little more than a hundred dollar behind. That's fine. Whatever. It would have been worth it. For our team to win a moto, I'm willing to sacrifice whatever it takes. <laughs> wow. All right. I'll well. be real honest with you. I, I guarantee yeah, you, like, you are. the guy I practice with all the time, he's never won a moto in 450 class. He's my teammate, and for what it would have meant for our team at that point to win a moto, right. it, it doesn't matter. I have four motos left, you know? I Whatever. Okay, I can't race the rest of the series. Great. You know, I mean, we still won the moto. It'd be tough for Wygant to do his farewell to you if you <laughs> when you're banned. That's fine. I, I'm just telling you what would have happened. It didn't happen, so I'm not going to get in trouble right. at the move point, but I can right. promise you that's what would have happened. Uh, 
Why well, again? I can't believe you guys missed that. Missed the burner's uh, almost save slash injury. Yeah, it was the worst case scenario because they then they um, we were actually a commercial, and all of a sudden they just have footage of him lying on the ground holding his leg and a little bit of steam coming out of the bike. Uh, and then we when we came back from commercial, we pretended it had just happened, even though we had already seen it mm-hmm. to add a little drama. whatever drama there was left. Actually, it's so weird because. Even the stories of those who said they did see it or had it on video don't even match. I've heard it was rollers. I've heard it was a corner. I've heard it was a corner with rollers. Is corner what with actually rollers. happened, JT? I've heard three stories. No, I watched it. I was right there. I, I, I happened oh. to be watching him exactly when he did it. He, the Stuart, right after where Stewart crashed, he doubled down, and it's, as you turn right, there's some rollers there. And he got sideways to the left and then to the right, and then he either did it right then or he went left-right again. He saved it. But he got into a big swap, and he put his leg out at some point when he was going to the right, and that was it. He just stopped, slowed down, immediately slowed down, rode off to the right of the track, went all the way around the outside of the banners to to where he eventually fell, dropped the bike. Wait, so corners or rollers or both? Both. There was right. rollers well, in that. Basically, road. what what he told me um, was that he did it. He there's like uh, all those rollers were ruts, right? We're jumping through ruts mm-hmm. to double those rollers. Well, there was a new rut that had just formed, and he went into it while the side of that new rut was, you know, there's like, it's built up where all the ruts are formed, ripped his leg off, uh, taking off on the first one, and that's what did it, like the, basically oh. jammed it down when it ripped his leg off, yep. and the femur came down, and the impact from his femur, like the impact on the ground, basically breaks that tibial plateau. Uh, so when his leg came off, that's when... You know, he got unbalanced, and then you saw that swapping going on because it's basically his foot was on the peg. Yep. Uh, so it was just the initial foot ripping off and okay. hitting the ground, so like straight down at a hard angle like that is what right. basically broke it. So uh, okay. the rest of it was just uh, a byproduct of the first Right, thing, right. So. Um, yeah, real shame, man. I really do think he would have won. He was riding good. Now those guys were making up some seconds on him for sure, but uh, there wasn't that much time left. Burner's smart enough to wick it up. I think he's in shape. And uh, I think it would have been his. I, I really truly believe that. And I'm, I'm you know not just saying that because he rides for the BTOSports.com team. But well, I think too. I think you're saying that they're made up time on him. But it was kind of give and take. Like if you look at the the, t- well, the last times, like he made up a bunch of time and then he gave some time back. But la- I think that was more attributed to how how tricky the track was. The last uh, uh, the last two laps, they made up four four seconds on him. Two seconds a lap. Right, and then the right. time the lap before that, he had made up like yeah. four or five. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's just hard to predict what would have happened, but I, I really do feel with the way it played out, with Dungey not really making a huge push, like he barely got the tickle. Mm-hmm. I think he could have managed because he was managing tickle, you know, the whole race before that. I think he could have managed right. that situation. So. Um, well, again, you, you do, know what it could have showed up, but yeah. I think he had it. Well, again, you do TV with Fro, and uh, therefore you hang out with Fro all the time, and therefore you also hang out with Burner a lot because Fro and Burner are buddies. Um, I was actually impressed. Jeff was sort of keeping it together in the booth while Burner led. The arms came up over the head. Again, we first, it helped because we got it first to where we were in commercial. Right. The arms came over over the head and just rested on the top of his skull. <laughs> and he just kind of had this dazed look. Like, like, Havasu, oh, 90, no. like Havasu 98. Like dazed. Yeah, the yeah. Pop, soda pop can. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much, there wasn't much he could say. Yeah. Um, just, I have to say though that um, 
uh, Jeff wasn't going that crazy. Door, you know what I mean? Right. I think he was managing it just like yeah. um, yeah. just like Burner was managing Tickle. I think Fro was trying to manage the situation and not get too pumped up. Mm-hmm. Um, try to you know try to act like you're you've been there before when you first get there. Like this is not a big deal. He's just leading. It's good. We're fine. If I'm in the if I'm in the booth and Filthy Phil or Canary are up there, I, I'm losing my mind. Timmy, Timmy, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Timmy, obviously. Yeah, um, I think you don't have the mindset of a champion, though, so you can't really, you know, compare right. yourself to what Pro would be like in the booth. Absolutely, you're right. Um, James, well, Stur- give me an example. Like in '09, when Matt Gerke won a Southwick and Burn tied him for the overall. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like Fro was going nuts going, and how about bad luck for Michael Byrne? He's going to tie for the overall but still not get the win. But Byrne had actually been passed by Dowd in that moto, and that's why he lost the overall. So I kind of felt like, well, the guy had destiny in his own hands. He got passed by a 44-year-old, and so you can't really say he got cheated on the overall scores. Yeah. So that time I thought Emig was super pro burner, but this time he was just trying to keep it, you know, unbiased journalist. Right, right. Did a good job. Yeah. Um. Uh, James Stewart came back this week, and um, I, I give credit to him because he doesn't like Unadilla. Most guys don't. Um, Michael Burns, one who does like Unadilla, though, JT, right? Burner said, that "Yeah, he's yeah. he loves it. I think it's a you know they like Musquin. They're they're very technically sound, so yeah. I think that they they I don't think that they love it as much as they just do well there. So yeah, you know what I mean. It's like one of those deals. I uh, I didn't think James would come up, um, especially after missing Southwick, but he shows up. And he's winning the first moto, goes down, second moto, crashes out. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Wygant? What do you think? Like, is this is, – is, is, these crashes are starting to, to add up, in case you didn't notice. Oh, really? Really? <laughs> well, yeah, I know that we um, – when we showed the crash reel from high, um, Supercross, when he crashed at Colorado, they weren't too pumped on that. Um, but to me, it's a little bizarre to have videotape proof of a guy crashing and then them say that – we're not really guys that crash. You know what I mean? Like, right, here's right. the videotape proof. I know their point was that they're on a different bike now. And then, obviously, the Colorado crash was bizarre because a guy ran across the track. Mm-hmm. But this time, there were two completely out of nowhere, everything looked to be going fine crashes, which always seems to be the way James does crash. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, everything's looking good. He's got it. He's on it. And this yeah. has been this way his whole career. And then, like, blink of an eye, he's on the ground hard. So that's two times it happened. It was not on a Yamaha. It was not because they... Dude walked across the track. I don't know. How long can you say that this is not a trend and it's just an isolated thing they're going to fix? It's a lot. A lot of these. Yeah. And um, some people are theorizing, you know, is that all these crashes adding up? You know, is there a deeper problem here? How many hits like that can you take before you start having some problems? Yeah, I mean, his second moto crash was, was nothing to sneeze at either. That was a good one. Went in the ground. ground was a lot of mileage you're yeah. adding on there. Right, Man. Right. Um, it was a big one. What about uh, obviously Dungey won? Um, weird, weird race for him. The second moto, unless he kept him really honest, really close. And first moto, he got tickled near the end. He wasn't moving up traditionally like we've seen Dungey come up, move up, and then just destroy the field. He was a little bit off on the day, but he did win a title, um, which we all saw coming. What's 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 more impressive to you, um, Wygant? The the outdoor title or the the Supercross series outdoor title with a lot of injuries and not not a lot of guys there or the Supercross title still injuries but you know didn't win the title and only won a couple of races what's what's more impressive to you All, to me getting a bike to work indoors is a real feat especially a new bike 
and a new team and coming out of the – I think his super cost season to me was more, more impressive than the, the domination outdoors, if it's possible to say one or the other. No, I agree. I think it's a really good question because you would think, obviously, winning the title is the bigger accomplishment. But I think we all knew that KTM's ultimate weakness wasn't even just the 450 class. It was specifically that class in Supercross. Yeah. You know, they've at least had success on big bikes in motocross in other, on other continents. But they've never had any success at all in Supercross. Um, so, and it happened earlier in the bike cycle. You know, to mm-hmm. win the second yeah. AMA Supercross the bike was ever in, yeah. um, that's much more of a shocker. By the time May rolled around, and we knew that Villapoto was out and Stewart was potentially in, but no one was sure, I think at that point Dungey was already kind of thought of as the favorite. But that was only because Supercross went so well. So I'd say, you know, for KTM Brass, the title's bigger. But I think in reality, performing well in Supercross right off the bat was the most important thing. What do you think, JT? Um, I mean, it's impressive. I just, I, I, I would agree that the, the, the early Supercross success coming off of what was an underwhelming Monster Cup, um, yeah, I think. Uh, definitely the Phoenix win was much more surprising to me. I, I was very surprised at that. Underwhelming Monster Cup. Wow. I um, mean, is that, you, do you not agree with that? No. I mean, he showed up on a bike that he didn't have a whole lot of time on and beat Brett Metcalf and everybody else except for Ryan Villapoto pretty soundly. Yeah, but it was underwhelming. When you when you look at what the, the competitive level that him and Ryan had been on for you know a couple of years or whatever coming into that race, Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you look at the margin of victory, and basically, and Dungey just wasn't on Bill Potter's level at that race. Period. Okay. All right. So I, to me, it was kind of like, uh, we may have a problem here. That, that's what I thought. I, I didn't think that the KCM looked that great at Monster Cup. I thought that Dungey didn't look very comfortable. And then to come out, you know, the next time, basically the next time you see him um, was Anaheim, and then Phoenix. He basically killed everyone. Yeah, I, it was, you know, very impressive. Um, this just in, Brock Tickle. Uh, it's pretty good. Tickle, second overall, second, second, second overall of the year. And uh, he's tied with Weimer now in the points. Weimer had a terrible day, obviously crashing. And, um, yeah, Brock Tickle. Jeez, JT. Who saw that coming? He's getting more and more confidence as the series is going on. Riding really well. I mean, I've always thought he was a, a better 450 rider just because he – when he came into the series, he came in on a 450, so you know he liked the bike, or else he wouldn't have, wouldn't have, you know, started on a 450. But mm-hmm. um, you know, coming off Supercross, he wasn't. I, I don't think that if you asked Mitch if he was, you know, excited about how Brock's season went, he would have said yes. Right. Uh, but he's definitely turned it around outdoors. You know, he's put in great rides. Uh, you know, I'm sure he was a little bummed he didn't hold on to that first moto. Um, but I mean, you know, second overall behind. Dungy, who is, you know, obviously on on pace to be one of the great, you know, one of the greats of the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, got to be happy with that. Got to, especially especially this time of year when it's contract season, and I know he's trying to get deals done, and no better time to do it. I think he's going to H and H next year. That's what kind of what I heard the other day, yesterday maybe. Um, uh, I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard JGR is making a big push, but I, I think right. that you're probably you're probably going to be right. He's going to make a lot of money. No, no doubt, he's going to be the guy. Well, I mean, you get you know, if you if you ride well at the right time and you have people competing for your services that have big budgets, I mean, 
You know who was that? I, you know, you know he who, deserves it, honestly. I mean, I, I, you're never going to see me complain about riders getting paid because <laughs> I've been one of those guys that doesn't get paid a lot. So. Sometimes you they even can get it, yeah. more power to them. Sometimes you even write checks to, to race. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Cheater. Get paid and then it gets taken back. Uh, the, the, um, I think the Brock Tickle thing is probably the biggest surprise um, so far this year, and uh, he's his fitness seems good, the bike is good, and really he's he's kind of coming into his own. And, and I don't remember him riding a 450 as a privateer, JT. So that's a good one, good good little fact that you pulled out of there. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Me neither. Uh, yeah, no, no, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, when he was with the uh, Triangle Cycle Serious Race for Honda at the end of his anniversary. There you go. I didn't remember Rock that O'Neal he was a 450. Rock O'Neill Tickle. 13th in the um, second moto. Wow. You yep. know, um, you got to qualify, because I know a lot of people probably listening to this, and we've had this battle all year with, yeah, but a lot of guys are out. But I think if you're seeing Tickle matching up clearly, you know, with Short and um, Weimer, guys like that, um, you know, if you look at Supercross and you look at what people expected coming into this, you wouldn't have thought he would be on the same level as those guys. So there's your proof that he's come on strong, and anyone who's listening is saying, he would have gotten fifth if Filippoto, Reed, Stewart, and Kennard were there. Well, he's still doing well for where you would have expected him to be. Well, Stewart, yeah, I really, uh, I'm really not a believer in that whole asterisk um, you know, idea, where it's like, oh, well, he, he, he's only good enough to get six in a full field. Or, you know what I mean? But when has there ever been, when is that, no. when is that, perfect scenario ever happens. It just doesn't. People always get hurt. Yep. People always miss races. It never happens, so I, I just, I hear you hear that all the time, but I'm just not a big believer in it. I'm always, and I'm actually the opposite. I I, I often tout, like, Nick Way as an example, or, or Kyle Chisholm maybe even, as someone that's worth more to your program because they don't get hurt. Now, obviously, Nick Way got hurt this year. But he's he's been healthy for a long time, and even he he you know even he's not been able to avoid the injury. But there's something to be said for the guy who doesn't get hurt and doesn't cause you to go get replacement guys and doesn't cause you to to scramble to 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 field a team for sponsors. There's something to that. That's a skill. Staying healthy is a skill. Yeah, it is. I, I couldn't agree more. Much, I just uh, I just I'm around guys all the time. They're like, oh yeah, well if. You know, if I was out there, if this guy was out there or whatever, he would be getting seventh place. Well, unfortunately, you're not. You know what I mean? Like, you can't you can't just knock people all the time for getting on the podium when, you know, because this guy's not out there, because that guy. It's just, it's not how it works. The bonus checks don't matter. You know what I mean? It's just, so next year, it's, you know, unfortunately, the odds of everybody being healthy all year next year aren't good either. Just you know, are you, unfortunately, that's just how this sport is. Does Chad tell you to get out of his property then when you tell him those things? <laughs> no, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. We have our own opinion. Obviously, <laughs> the facts are that most likely, if everybody was healthy, yes, Brock Tickle wouldn't get second place. But on the other hand, that never happens. Yeah, all those guys are never healthy. So, what were you gonna say? Yeah. What were you gonna say, Wagant, about the me saying? Yeah, um, the the TV thing. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, well. First of all, when guys get hurt, it's always chucked up the bad luck. But when certain guys get hurt all the time and certain guys don't, it's almost like you'd – obviously there's more to it than just pure luck and just a numbers game. I'd like you know, to, some guys are better avoiding it than others. I'd like to pat myself on the back for a nice analogy I made in my column last week or the week before where I said bad luck is the distant cousin to bad starts. 
Because when, <laughs> when you get bad starts, bad luck always seems to happen, quote-unquote. You know what I mean? Um, you have to put yourself in a position to get a good start, to not be in the field, to not get taken out by a Vince Freeze uh, or just randomly pulling a name out there. Um, you know. It, yeah, but yeah, I, I agree. Either That's, uh, you know, it, it's obviously not a direct correlation, but they – obviously since I was just watching Shark Week, uh, I'm going to draw this in. Just uh, work with me here. They say, they say shark attacks are uh, a, a result of you raising your risk factors. So uh, being in, wading in knee-deep water, being in, you know, uh, you know, if there's blood in the water, there's, if there's, uh, you know, known shark attacks in the area, if you're, you know, have a cut or any, there's all these risk factors that increase your odds. Well, it's the same thing. Being injured can be, you can attribute to the same thing, bad starts. You know, all this. and just like you're saying, bad start increases your risk factor of being hurt. So, yeah, but I don't, I don't think of way or tickle as ever being phenomenal starters. You know, I think they they just know how to not crash. Is that sometimes it's that simple, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, maybe. Or they're tough. Well, tickle starts were really good. The they, they, get get right? they just really want it more. They just really want it. Maybe more. that's it. Yeah, that's it. Maybe that's where it is. <laughs> Why well, get favorite favorite thing out there? Well, Jeff Ward too. Yeah, got to train harder. <laughs> I'm sure an NFL you season want to get around here. Here's preseason talk about that. Does Andrew Luck want it bad enough? That will probably be the, you know, that'll make the impact. And Peyton Manning, how bad does he want it? Does he have that heart and desire of a champion? You just never you hear a lot of that analysis, don't you? Yeah, you 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 really onto something. You're exactly right. You never hear that in like real sports. Like no, you you never yeah, hear your throwing motion is directly related to your effort. Yeah, it's how about this? Uh, Ryan Dungey's a better rider than Jason Thomas. I know. I, I crazy. I know. Crazy talk. He's just better on a motorcycle. Yeah, you're, you're way off base there. <laughs> um, we just never <laughs> say this type of stuff, you know. I don't know. It's it's it's. I guess yeah. That and the privateers. Never. I mean, if you get a privateer factory bike, he will win. It's that simple. Well, Ryan Clark well, used to claim that if you gave him a factory bike, he would be on the podium. And I used to read his column, and I would throw the magazine down and start screaming because he's so full of shit about that. <laughs> he did that a lot. And it used to yeah. drive me bonkers. Yeah, he, he did that a lot. He was a big guy on that. It's, and it's not, I mean, he was getting, you know, ninth place, eighth place, tenth place, which is great. But don't tell me you're going to get third if they give you a better bike because it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> I've ridden a better bike, and you go faster, but I'm still going to get left. It's just how it is. You may or may not have ridden a factory Cowie, Suzuki, or Honda at different points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I know what their bikes are like. They are better. You can go faster, but you're not. It's it's not. It's, you're not going to go from tenth to second. It's just right. that's not going to happen ever. Period. Just not. <laughs> wow. Very angry, JT. Yeah. I well, I think in the white class it's possible. Maybe not this year because the white class, the top five or six, are so much better than everybody. But in the four fifty class. The elite guys are so much better than the you know the mid pack guys. It's it's just not close. Like it's it's really not. Um, that is that uh, agree? You agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, I always say the teams aren't as dumb as people think. Like I understand if it's your brother or your son, you're probably not an unbiased source. But the teams aren't dumb enough to give the good bike to the guy who's actually worse than the guy they're not giving the bike to. Like, generally, the guys who they know are going to do best get the best bikes. I mean, there's some changes out there every once in a while. But they didn't give Chad Reed the factory bike. 
thinking he was 10th, and that bike made him win. They knew he was the best guy, so that's why they gave him that bike. Yeah. Kind of um, usually all works out. I think, I, I think uh, it's, it's Wednesday today. I think Mike Alessi is still telling the pit reporter about his race after his DNF. He, he really and went thanking, on. Thanking all the fans <laughs> and Moto Concepts for buying hot tubs. <laughs> Mike has gone overboard with the, with the interviews this year, I feel like. I feel like Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, check me out. Very long-winded. Yes, very much. Uh, what was the new reporter's name? Why get? I don't even. I really don't even remember at this point. They're just <laughs> they're send just, it down. They're just coming in. No, and out. Was, yeah, they're going. <laughs> Lauren Bolander. Uh, I'm waiting for one of the days where we're actually. Someday it's going to work out. Where Fro and I never even cross paths or even meet the person that right. do a live show, and the only back and forth we have is on TV. It's going to happen like that one of these days. Right. Um, she did a good job, though. She did a good job. Yeah. Georgia was good, too. I went to dinner with her and Georgia, actually, on um, Friday, and the thrill of his life, my dad came to the race with me, and it was just the two of us having dinner with the two chicks. Nice. Yeah, that Cash, was like a, yeah I think he was pumped on that. Right. That was it. And they Double date. And they weren't trying to fight over who was going to talk to who? and like. It's very bizarre. They even, um, uh, Georgia said to Lauren, Hey, why don't you just leave your rental car here? We're staying at the same hotel. I'll give you a ride back, and we'll just come to the track together in the morning. And I truly expected, you know, you know, open the car door and do a 180 so she'd go flying out the side or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they, she, they she, did a good job working together. She said, come back to my hotel room. We'll have a pillow fight in our PJs. <laughs> no? <laughs> Sorry. Or, or that direction, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just uh, I got out of control there. Hey, uh, yeah. let's move on. Uh why again? There's no chance, and I wrote this in my column, there's no chance that I thought Davey Millsaps would do this well in his return from injury with a contract lined up for two years. Uh, and let's face it, a, a, a jacked-up ankle um, from uh, jumping jacks or perhaps jumping out of a boat. We're not really sure. Um, he's doing good, though. He's sure. <laughs> he's sure it's jumping jacks. He's sure it's jumping jacks. Some other people say it's a boat uh, incident. But definitely not jumping jacks, but whatever. Uh what do you think, though? I mean, he's good. 3-5. Yeah, and um, even at Southwick, he either faded or crashed, depending on what Twitter <laughs> handle you're following. Oh, man. But he, oh, man. He <laughs> yeah, got me. He got he's me. He's got to stop that. Yeah, yeah. He has to stop it. He literally told us that he, after the first moto, he will go into the truck and look at Twitter on his phone and see what people said. In between motos. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, come on, Davey. I-, I agree. He found me after you told me that and let me have it. Let me have it. I bro- JT, I said he crashed yep. at Southwick. No, I said he faded at Southwick because I fully did expect the fade. I expected a three times on the bike, Davey Millsaps to show up at Southwick, rough, rough as balls, Southwick, and I expected him to fade like he's done quite a bit of times in his career. To his credit, he was very, very good. He did get tired a little bit, but that was to be expected. So when he, he lost some positions in the lap, I wrote that he's fading, and he actually well, crashed. I- so. Yeah, sorry. I, I started next to him in the in the second moto, and he even said, I've only ridden three times. I'm not really sure how long I'm going to ride in this moto. <laughs> right, okay. So there <laughs> yeah, we go. So it's not like you were way off base. I mean, he did crash or whatever. Yeah. Right. But he, I mean, he didn't expect himself to be strong either, so. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. But you know what? Hey. The to- reading of the stories yeah. things, after the Vegas Supercross, um, you know, it was kind of a battle between him and Brayton who would get second in the series. And I think they both won their heat races or something like that. So in the main event, they both got bad starts. Millsaps got second, Brayton got third, so that was it. Millsaps got second in the standings. So the next day, he reads the story, and he's like, you made it sound like Brayton came from way behind. But if you look, 
in the second turn, we were side by side. Now, by the end of the first lap, Millsaps was like five positions ahead. So it turned into this like battle of semantics over what's a good start. Well, that was actually the first lap, not the start. We started together, and I just couldn't believe that he was that. This like, was the, and this he was the online the series. He should have yeah. been partying his balls off at that point. This was the online race report from done at, by Jason Wygan at three in the morning. <laughs> right? He was very adamant on this, and yeah. I'm like, what? it's Saturday, Sunday afternoon in Vegas. You just be at the pool. Who even cares? Right, right. That, it, it didn't say you didn't get second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Um, hey. <laughs> but anyway, to your point, I think he rode well, probably better than expected considering, yeah, all those circumstances, which does that, once again, not just go to show that whether he wants it bad or not, that he's got a contract signed or doesn't, he's just a pretty good rider, so he does pretty well. If he can hang on right. for the 30 and two laps, if the injury doesn't kill him, he'll ride pretty much in the same spot he usually is. Yep. It's that time again. Time for a commercial. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. Listen to these commercials from BTOsports.com. Use the code Steve and JT Racing. Thank you, JT Racing, for coming on board. Listen to these commercials, support the sponsors, and, yeah, then we'll get back to the show. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike car body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped in anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. JT, did you did you happen to ask the AMA as you were debating the $100 uh, fine if, if whether or not Nico Izzy was going to get fined for potentially slugging uh, the AMA ref? Uh, MX Sports uh, employee Tim uh, McAdams. I didn't, but I, that's a great point. I, I should because between Musquin and Nico um, threatening to, and I quote, "f up everyone in this area." <laughs> um, yeah, I felt I felt like my infraction, my alleged infraction, was right. Uh, not that important, but he, hey, whatever. He, he lost it. He lost his cool. Are you gonna Are you gonna vouch for that? Uh, yeah, I was actually like bumping everywhere. I'm like, hey, hey look at look! Does anyone see this? Like, <laughs> there's about to be like a it's about to be a crime scene right here. I asked Bobby Canari about it. He missed his gate too. And Bobby says, "Rules are rules, man. I've seen him do it to Wyndham." That's what Bobby said. I agree. I agree. They're very they're very consistent with it. So right. I mean, what are you going to do? And I, and I I know we spoke about this on the weekend, but I have a strong feeling that Star Valley wasn't aware that we were starting at twelve thirty. They said they were. Uh, yeah, they said they were. Ryan Morris, team manager, was not there. So, um, 
I could see that. I could. I don't be- necessarily believe that they knew either. It seems it seems suspect when both of their 450 riders missed the uh, staging, and their team manager is not there. Exactly. That that seems a little bit more evidence that I need. Why did we go half hour early? Why against all TV, right? Yeah, because um, we had one or two other races this year where all four motors were on live and back to back, so you end up with no time in between the races whatsoever. You just so I think this was to build in a half hour, the more typical half hour between the first and second motos. Yeah, um, that's the only way to do it. So I love all, I love all the jerkies, and you know this, this happened earlier when we had all four motos. As far as um, the the lack of time, this happened before when the two fifties were going first because the 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 powers that be wanted the four fifties on live TV, and that was the only slot available. I just feel like grabbing these people in the industry, and they're they're all around. They're everywhere. They're, team, they're mechanics, team managers, riders. They're everywhere. And just be like, listen, you effing idiot. You're on live TV for your sponsors. Yes, it's not perfect. We're not the NFL. Shut up and work with it. I feel like I, that's I always all the time. I'm like, do you guys understand what we're trying to do here as a sport? What we're trying to do? We're on NBC Sports Network. We're on Fuel. And yeah, sometimes the schedule has to change a little bit, but it's live F and TV, bro. Yeah, and I'd say that moving up to twelve thirty at the beginning of the day is an easier to handle compromise than we're taking a half hour out between the motos, right? Absolutely. Like all you gotta do is read the schedule, and I don't think it's that hard to adapt. Like, what team is scrambling? Like, there's just not enough time between seven a.m. and twelve thirty to get these bikes yeah. ready. <laughs> You know, they gave you the, the same amount of time between motos. The same now. guys in the movies that always go, we need backup. No time for backup. Same guys. <laughs> yeah. Every uh, cop guy in a movie, why is it always, we need, we need everybody on it. It's always just that. Like, right. that's always their instructions when they come in and kick ass. We need backup, and they just, every employee is just available. Uh, but cops get, are waking up at 3 in the getting morning. Getting back to Izzy, 6'8", good ride for him. Um, good, good ride for uh, um, Josh Grant, 5'6". Josh, that might have been his best overall. Um, I feel like Grant. Hang on, hang on, hang what, on. What? Okay. I want to talk about Josh Grant. Um, in our notebook um, article that we had online yesterday that myself and Chase Stella wrote, Chase had put, Josh Grant continues his quiet but tremendous season with another solid, you know, consistent ride. And I took the word tremendous out because I don't feel like the word tremendous really applies. Now, we'll go in specifically into this weekend. What did he go, 5-6? Yeah. Is that good or not? Like, that's good th- on paper. I think it's good on paper. The guy's been out. He missed almost a year and a half. Uh, I agree. I would not say he's having a tremendous season because this is Josh Grant, one a very talented rider and a guy who's won nationals before. He's having a nice – Right, so when you go 5-6, nice, yeah, is, tri- is, that, is that awesome either? He's having a nice comeback season. That's all. It's nice. Yeah, I don't know. It's just hard to say. Like, I, I'm, I know these standards are ridiculous, but that's the way the sport is. He's faster than practice. So you're like, he could be on it. One of these days we're going to see what we all know Josh Grant's capable of and what he's done before. Mm-hmm. And he's even done it coming back from injury, so it's not like he can write the guy off. And then he does okay. You know what I mean? He does. I can't help but think of how many times has Josh Grant subtly said he's a better rider than Andrew Short. He's thrown that in there several times, he's correct? He's very a big fan of that, yes. Yes. Well, in these motos, Short was right there, and Short beat him. So if you're Josh Grant yourself, are you living up to the standards that you have set for yourself? Like, is 5'6 good, or is 5'6 like, 
this has sucked. This sucks. Like, it's so hard for me to judge. I just wonder this every week. Is he doing bad or is he doing good? Ask the track cutter. (laughs) I'm not answering to that. (laughs) Um, I I refuse to admit that I cut the track. We can send you to the office to go speak to the person who said you did. Nope, I'll pay my fine. I have no reason to speak to him or her. Uh, um, JT, what about... I do love at the races when somebody's mad. They always want to storm over to Davey, but I've never once heard somebody say, where the hell's Roy Jansen? I got an issue with it. <laughs> I don't, it wasn't Roy. It wasn't Roy that, that right. was the one doing it. It was another person. I, I'm going well, to give Roy Jansen that that a piece of my mind. No, you're never. not. No, you're not. Nope, never. <laughs> nope, really not. <laughs> and the funny thing is I've known Roy. Well, I shouldn't say I've known Roy, but I've been around Roy since I was, I don't know, three years old. Right. Or, I mean, younger than that, but my first memories were when, you know, four or five. Right. And I remember being around Roy. And I actually uh, grew up hanging out every Supercross with his daughter, who is now married to Big B, the Kawasaki truck driver, Megan. So um. I've known the guy my whole life. I just very... You can't tell me that Frank and Roy have not gotten into it at at some point. I, I don't think so. Two, I mean, my dad really had nothing. You know, he had really no interaction with Roy, and my mom. My mom was more working with Roy than my dad. And my just, dad was always just he had nothing to be upset about when he was working for the AMA. He had no emotion involved. He was just ah, okay, whatever. Yep, those pegs look great. Yep, all right, let's do this. Right, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, JT, now is the time that you thank me for. Reminding you to put Phil Nicoletti on your fantasy team. Whatever. I'm not thanking you for that. You tell me to put him on there every weekend, and it would have been wrong every weekend except for this one. <laughs> even a clock, even a broken clock, is twice is right twice a day. <laughs> um, I, I swear to God, if I have a team, if I ever win the lottery, Nicoletti, Canari, they have rides for life. I need, I need to stop this. I, I. I I got I got If you ever win the water, I'll make a comeback too. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, you're in. Yeah. No, if you want to be, you can be whatever you team manager or rider. Um All right. All right, he says. Uh, I can do both like Bob Moore. <laughs> Why can't uh um Brayton's had four motos in a row of poopy. We thought he was back. Yeah. Yeah, I talked to him after the race. Um also said, threw it in here, and I hope I'm allowed to say this without um, Team Honda management getting mad. Is we allowed to discuss injuries that haven't been approved, pre-approved by the team? You um, need a press release. Said he got hurt even <laughs> between. Um, yeah, ask Kenny Watson. We need press releases, or we cannot talk about it. Right, right. Oh, it is like that. He told me that he got hurt um, between Marshugo and Southwick. So there's already a bunch of crashes that we saw and knew of, and then in addition, there were other ones we did not see. So. That's pretty rough last um, last month for the guy. Um, second motor, I think he got ninth, so he was okay with that. But still, that's a pretty drastic drop from a guy who was, what, second at Redbud? Yeah. Austin Howell. Second at Redbud. 14-14. Austin Howell. Um, Aaron Hansel pumped up. Ben LeMay. Quietly, Ben LeMay is now 19th in the points, by the way, in case anybody's keeping track. Would you, any of you have guessed that? Probably not. Here's the difference. Uh, I've like, been working his deal for German Supergrass, so yes, I would have guessed that. Oh. Oh. Okay, well, again, what were you If say? you say that Josh Grant is quietly, where's Grant in point? Six? Uh, like Grant that? is six, yes. Six. It's, I'm just saying how this works. If you say Grant has quietly 
done well in sixth. I don't know if you can say that. It doesn't quietly doing well sixth, Josh Grant, don't jive. But you can say that LeMay quietly in 19th, 13 positions behind that, mm-hmm. is having a good year. I'm just basing this only on the right. standards that Josh Grant has, has said. I know it probably sounds like I'm bagging on the guy, but still, at some point you would have thought he's been in all the races, team seems like it's okay, he's healthy. You're just still waiting for that. Right. There it is. There's Josh Grant can run with anybody, Josh Grant. Hey, so uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, uh, Andrew Short moved into third in the points, 311. Tickle and Weimer now are tied at 293, so they're 18 points back. So who gets four motos left? So who gets third overall, Wygant? Short, Tickle, or Weimer? They're all basically right there. I, I think clearly the momentum is on um, Tickle's side. And don't forget that Tickle had some DNFs when he was running in a pretty good spot yeah, early couple, in the year. I think he had two, two uh, mechanicals in a row. Yeah, so his year has actually been almost better uh, mm-hmm. than it looks. Like, it's taken some really good rides to get back to this point. And the point he probably gave up, I'm going to guess, 30 points-ish, 25, 30 points yep. due to those. Um, so, yeah, I'd say the momentum right now is on his side, although that was a nice little rebound for short, that's for sure. Yeah. What do you think, JT? I'll take short just because it's 18 points. Right. Uh, I don't know if, you know, Tickle may beat him the next two weekends, but I don't know if he's going to beat him by enough to cover 18 points. Right, so. right. And short, short could easily beat him, so... Right. What, a, what about up. Andrew Short's year? What about Andrew Short's year? Up and down, right? First Supercross win, but then a lot of disappointing weekends, too. I've seen him fade more than I've ever seen him fade before in my life. I think today. What? This, this, this Do we have season. any idea what the health problems are he's alluding to? No, I don't know. I was thinking it had something to do with Moser, but I can't prove that. <laughs> Some... Some anthrax mailed through the through through the mail that Moser didn't know he had that was attached to like a, a get well card. Um. Anyways, yeah, uh, I think it's I think he's solid. I don't know if he's as good as we've seen him before, but there he is, third in the points. Everybody, right? So, I guess that's the bottom. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's the same thing you you would say about Grant. Like you just would think that it would have gone better, regardless of what the the numbers say. Yeah. The, the eye test. The eye test the eye every test. week. Right? There you go. Yeah. There you um, go. And, and, and I tell people that, like, I tell fans that, if you're not at the races every week and you're just looking at this paper, there's a lot of things you miss. I mean, some people are, some people are cutting the track out there, for example. Yep. And still are <laughs> terrible. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, JT, if you're going to cut the track, at least use it to, like, knock some serious seconds off, right? Yeah, like... Like, cut a whole section off and just come out in the weeds the first lap. Yeah. You're like, I cut the track so that I can go 26-24. That's exactly yeah, what I so did. That, that, that's exactly what I, my point was. Like, right. you really think that I was – like, look at my lap times. I'm not – I mean, they're terrible. Like, what do you think <laughs> I was gaining out there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, that's, I'm being as honest as I can about it. Like, you're really going to – you know? Crayer uh, Meats got a point. He was back. Crayer Meats. Um, good job for him, Robbie Marshall. Robbie Marshall was up high in the uh, in the first moto. I don't know what happened to him; he must have crashed. But his day could have been much better um, had he not crashed. Yeah, he rode well. Yeah, yeah. I always think of him just as a sand guy, but I guess not. Do you know he has an agent? Really, I did not. Like a secret agent? Uh, his agent emailed me and said, "I work with Robbie Marshall. I'd like to get him on the uh, Pulp Mech show sometime. Let me know if we can is make." There, is their last name also Marshall? <laughs> no, it's no, it's not. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm his mother slash agent. I would love to get him a ride somewhere. I wonder what the commission is on representing Robbie Marshall. Um, Mun Racing? What is 0% of zero? <laughs> Mun will take him. Yeah. No, wait, he's on Mun. Is no, he, I was saying, yeah, he's on Mun. So no. how much commission do you get out of the Mun salary? <laughs> right, right. Um, hey, speaking of Mun, two ex-brand goggle athletes, Sean Hackley and Gannon Audette, both failed to qualify this weekend. Gannon Audette didn't qualify. Wow. Right? Tough, man. Yeah. Uh, this what I was saying about your tweet about qualifying, qual- uh, two people qualifying, two mechanics qualifying, there's no way. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to disagree with that. I'm gonna, uh, Lars would, I think. No way. Are you crazy? Lars is a great rider, but I don't think you understand how hard it is to qualify right now. Gal didn't qualify out of the first practice at Southwick. He qualified 36 at Southwick. Yeah. I mean, do you not realize what the what the pace is like out there? I'm not I'm eh, not sure that you do. Lars is a good rider. He is a good rider, but he's a mechanic. He's not a full time racer. Yeah, he's never been a full time racer. He's never been on that level ever. I mean, he's a, it's just different. Like I, I don't think you're really grasping what it's like out there. Yeah, but still. Okay, there you go. Uh, Les Smith broke his leg. Why again? Yeah, and didn't crash. Same thing as yeah. Burner. Jeez, wow. Um, yeah. All right, let's move to two feet. Things were starting to turn around over there for that team, too. Things are, they were getting the bike straightened out. He was actually at a couple of top tens quietly, tremendously. Uh, I, oh, well. I saw our own David Pingree said that they had signed Christian Craig for next year. Done deal. And then I saw a, a tweet that said Christian Craig shaking Troy Lee's hand, saying, I'm coming back to Troy Lee team. So, I saw – I actually – I told you on this show, on your show, but I heard Christian Craig saying – actually telling people they hadn't signed anything on, yeah. you know, on the line of the race. Right. He hasn't signed with anybody, so uh, he had a bad weekend. Uh, I don't, I don't, I only have the box scores in front of me, but he didn't, he wasn't even close. Uh, crashes, well, I guess. Did, though. Did he, he was really fast. Yeah, he's a good rider. He's a really good rider. He, it's scary though how much he's like his dad, where he is fast, but then the results aren't there. Right? Yeah, they're. I think they're coming though. He, he's. It's not like he's crashed out of every moto all year. You know, no, he no. ran up front in a bunch of motos and got but, tired. Yeah, you know, obviously. But what did his the track dad, bit him this weekend? What but. did his dad do? His dad ran up front, got tired. His dad was fast. Well, yeah, I mean, he, Christian's been been hurt a lot. I don't think that's. I don't think you can just point to him and say, "Oh, he doesn't train, or he's always going to get tired." That's not no, really a fair no. assessment. I don't think it is. I know. I agree. He he had an early injury. He's off for a long time, and I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's you know a harder worker and all that, and, and I don't. But the facts are the facts. He's a lot like right. his dad right now. Super fast, getting tired, lots of skill, high skill level. Hopefully not as weird. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. Um, but yeah, he, and you know what? He is a nice guy to watch ride a bike. Holy crap! Is he got a nice style? Indeed. Okay. All right. Two fifty class. Let's get there. Um, what do we want to talk about, Wygant? Moosecan's overall win, Tomac's amazing, incredible ride in the second moto, or Roxon's first moto win in America? I feel like all three of those things deter- get, deserve to get equal billing. Um, what do you want to talk about first? Why don't we talk about Baggett just not being Baggett? Throw that in there. You're just going to go there right now, right off the bat? I'm, well, I'm just saying, like, there's, there's even more stories than that. Eh, yeah. What angle do you want to take? Well, Baggett was all no. right. He was okay. Um, you know, Unadilla, he didn't do good at Unadilla last year. It, it's maybe one of those tracks for him, you know? 
I mean, he tied his... I'm just trying to illustrate your point of oh. what is so hard to figure out an angle to go. There were so many stories. I was right. trying to help you out there. Okay. Thank you, announcer guy. Just worry about when the gate drops. Thanks. Right. I'm podcast guy. You're TV guy. Um, your sport, not mine. Let's talk about Eli's second moto. Uh, holy shit, was that a good ride. Wow. Um, Barsha, I thought, was gone. Going to win it. Home track, kind of. Um, done well in the past. And, and Natomac just tracked him down. He's... He's right now. He's won two out of the last four motos, and as in, and you know, Southwick was incredibly dominating. He's four points behind Barsha. Maybe, maybe Baggett has to. Wor- I think Baggett has this, obviously, but maybe Baggett has to worry about Tomac and not Barsha anymore. What do you think, Weege? Yeah, and uh, obviously Tomac was the best guy at Unadilla. Also, it's kind of weird because he won um, Millville, where it was obvious that Baggett was the fastest guy there, and Tomac got that win. And in the other two, I would say clearly Tomac was the best two of the last two, best of the last two races, and didn't get the overall at either. Just funny how that right. math works out. But yeah, uh, this class to me this year is all about each one of these guys. Obviously, have unbelievable talent, and they're maxing it out. They're on good teams. They have good trainers. They have good people behind them. No one is leaving anything on the table, but they're all pretty young. So it's like they're all kind of discovering things. Reminds me of the. Brady Bunch episode where voices were changing. Like you just don't even know almost what they have. They might go into the studio one day and sing sweet music, and the next time around, their voices are cracking. Just never know. So yeah. sometimes you're like, "Bag at this speed is ridiculous. Who could ever ride this fast? Unbelievable." But now you're almost thinking maybe Tomax is actually the guy that has the unbelievable speed when he's on. Tomax ridiculous. I don't. I mean, Barsha had to have that moto. He had to, you know. And it wasn't really anything that he did wrong. He rode well. He rode pretty good. It just was Tomac was unbelievable. What are you going to do? Yeah. And Tomac also came from falling on the first lap last week at Southwick 20 seconds down and made that up and what about four laps? He went from 20 yeah. seconds down to battling for the win. Yeah. Crazy. Um, so you would, you would never think in a year with Blake Baggett doing what he does, coming this far behind, passing dudes in the last lap, that you'd ever be talking about someone else's speed being so dominant. Right. But they both have done it. Yeah. What year do you ever see that type of stuff happen? It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, Roxon wins his first moto going away. And um, I think I think all of us, JT, were maybe waiting for the anvil to fall on him. That's something to happen. But on the most Unadilla, on the most Euro track we have, the Euro shined on the Euro bike. Yeah, obviously it would be easy to point to, you know. Oh, yeah, Euro guys are going to kill it, and they did. So um, I think... I think it was a, a combination of the track and uh, weather, both, uh, you know, like perfect storm for Euros to dominate. Yeah. Um, what, what, about, what about Moose Can's performance? Um, I wrote in my column, the, he usually gets screwed by the overalls. It hasn't worked out for him. He's been knocked off the podium, been so close. But uh, this, week, this, this time it worked out for him. Yeah, finally he got the, you know, it, Law of averages has got to come back to you at some point, right? So he finally got the uh, <clears throat> the benefit of being consistent versus you know being consistent hurting him. So right, right. Um, he rode he rode well. I mean, if you look at his ride, I mean, he passed Baggett. He passed these guys to get up. You know, mm-hmm. in the second, the first moto. Uh, um, yeah. You know what? So, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, kudos to him. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a uh, proclamation right now. Proclamation right now. Like, I have. Yeah, okay. I just had peanut butter and celery maybe you know an hour ago. 
But um, Marvin Muskan at Steel City, when we come back, gets first or second. Stamp it. That's it. Overall? Moto? Yeah, no, over, o- overall. First or second. I'm not going to be like Swisscore with your bet, and I don't know what happened there. Somehow he's claiming he still won the bet. But, uh, yep, that's, gonna, that's what's going to happen. You watch. Uh, I mean, I, I think for sure he's a to- top four or five guy, so you got a 50% chance of being right. Whatever. <laughs> Wygant, um, who, who do you – this is a question going off the map a little bit. Uh, Tomac, Roxon, Barsha, or Baggett, in five years from now, who's going to be the better 450 rider? Who's going to be either a superstar or be the best 450 rider in five years from now? Out of the, these four guys. Well, don't forget Dean Wilson also, who should be right in there with this group. I was thinking about that the other night. Yeah. Wow. This has been so competitive this year, and the champ isn't even there. And right. it's not because he moved up. He just happened to get hurt. Like, Wilson would have been in this. Yeah, How crazy would that have Would he have, though? Would he? Oh, come no, on. I know. He would have. No, he would have. Absolutely. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, he would have. The defending just really just the getting six. not even in the top five. Uh, I don't think so. I'm ju- I'm just, yeah, but still. Yeah, but still. Um, <laughs> Distant six for the number for the okay, champ. Okay, no. So another who, tough day. Stop avoiding tremendously the, quietly having a solid season. Stop avoiding the question. Yeah, well, I wrote a whole feature about this in the, in uh, Racer X in like March. So nobody reads it. I, I came up with this one first. Yeah, okay. no, nobody. But who reads magazines anymore? Um, I don't think you've ever had an era that is harder to predict. Like usually, the next guy pretty much makes it pretty obvious. You know, I don't think anyone was surprised that Dungey and Villapoto were. Like they weren't exactly picking dudes' needle in a haystack. They, just, <laughs> right, they were right. the champs. Right. Well, you know? no, nobody, but, uh, but, but, but the Iceman, the Iceman didn't work out like so many thought. Yeah, but at the same time, you mean Hepler. Is that the Iceman, right? Yeah, that's the Iceman. <laughs> yeah, even Hepler was still... Empty. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Iceman. Top Gun. Oh. oh. How bad? Um, Rest in peace, uh, Tony yeah, was, Scott. Rest in peace, exactly, Tony Scott. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think it's ever been this hard to pick because even Hepler, yeah, Hepler may have had what it took, but it wasn't like he went out there and waxed the dudes for three years and won the title like Villapoto did, you know what I mean? Yeah, good point. point. I just wanted to bring up Hepler again. Yeah, Yeah, well, Hepler and Millsaps were like in the same basic group, and they definitely all the potential to do it, Uh but I feel like each one of these guys already has credentials that are beyond what Hepler or Millsaps did Mm -hmm. uh, outdoors in the life class. It's unbelievably hard to pick. Um, so I don't know. I, I, they're going to wonder about Baggett. You're going to wonder about Baggett because he's a smaller dude, although he does ride the bike the Rhino way, which can overcome that. <laughs> um, the more I hear people talk about Barsha, they talk about how Barsha gets by with, shudder to say this, he wants it bad. Like, he just goes for it. He might not have the, the overall style or natural speed or ability of those guys, but you're going to get everything he has when he goes into the track. There aren't any mental blocks there. You know, he just goes as hard as he can till he till he's done. Mm-hmm. So, to me, the guy who has the seems to be the best combination of everything. Like he has the mind blowing speed and style, and he's on a good team, and he's got a good program. I, I would still think it'd be Tomac when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. He's the best combination of everything. But boy, is it hard to predict. JT, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to take Tomac. I just like I like his program. I like everything he's got going. He's good at Supercross. Dad's gnarly. Um, <laughs> Dad's gnarly. <laughs> Dad, Dad is gnarly. Mountain bikes, I heard right. 
that or, um, or Tiddlywinks, one of the two. What's that? Or Tiddlywinks. Tiddlywinks, yeah. I don't know. I, I I like Dino too, but obviously, you know, he's not really in the conversation right now. But um, I don't know. I just like I like what Tomac's doing. I like his his uh, kind of his improvement rate in Supercross. Um, yeah, I think he's got a solid program behind him, and he's got a lot of confidence. He's got a good uh, support program. Mm-hmm. So that's my pick. Okay. All right. Um, what else? The uh, problem with Barsha is I feel like Barsha, Barsha's always been, in, in Supercross, he's been good and consistent and, and won titles. But can anyone name the race where Barsha was just so ridiculously, unbelievably fast where you're like, man, if this guy puts the pieces together, I don't know who, even guys on a 450 could stop this. I feel like you've never quite seen that, where guys like Baggett and Tomac have had those rides where you're like, man, it's hard to ride much better than this. Yeah. This could be really dangerous if they keep this train on the tracks. That's a good point. You are right about that. Yeah. Barsha's super mega hella fast, but yeah. Has there been a time? Well, yeah. Uh, good, yeah, good point. Um, They're all good points. <laughs> wow, okay. Hey, uh, um, Jeremy Martin. Not my moto. There are no good points in those motos. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy Martin, Zach Bell. Uh, why again, you're the amateur motocross expert out of us three. What's your thoughts on their uh, their ride so far? Jeremy debuted Zach's second race. Yeah, I don't know about uh, Martin. They, um, you know, he's obviously coming back from injury a little bit. He said he kind of let it up to the team. The team left it up to him if he wanted to go for it or not. Mm-hmm. To me, the standard is now set that you have to go out there and, you know, at least show that two laps flash of brilliance. Um, it might seem trivial. It might not seem like a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but I think it is. Like, for the guy to know, okay, I can run with these guys once I figure everything out. I did it already. You know, so Tomac, Bogle, uh, Barsha, they all did that. It took them a few years to be able to do it consistently and actually win races. Mm -hmm. But to me, it almost seems like a requirement. If you're going to be there somewhere down the road, you have to at least come in and feel like, my speed's good enough. So, Belcom's in healthy, ready. He's already got that. Where Martin... You know, Kyle Peters came in last year coming off an injury. He didn't really do that well, and where is he right now? That's dangerous turf. Right, right. Um, what about Bogle? That was his best race since his comeback. He ran up front in, the, in both motos, fell in the one moto, but 11-4, good for him. Um, got taken up by a lapper or something, he said, after the race. I didn't see it. Uh, Jason Anderson, Wygant, your guy. 38th to 12th in the second moto. That's your guy. Yeah, but Anderson, same thing, like out of the amateur ranks was, was great. But Anderson did not have, well, he didn't even race the end of the season coming out of amateurs. Right. Kind of, you know, I think he figured it was better to keep his cards close to the best and go, you know, go for a deal based on his Loretta's results. Mm-hmm. So if you're Anderson last year when you're struggling, pulling yourself out of it is so difficult because he didn't have that one awesome, hey, I show that I can run with the fastest guys in the world for five laps moment. Um, I think that's why there was such a degree of difficulty in what Anderson has done to try to come back from to, yeah, to like, how low he fell. Almost rebuild yourself, yeah. But I think Anderson... There's would, not many that would do it. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough to do. No, I agree. I think he's yeah. got it locked in now, like, you, the next year or two. Maybe he's just a year behind that group ahead of him, but he'll be there, you know, up front right. eventually. Um, here's a little bit of revisionist history, JT. At the end of 2010, 10? Yeah, 10. Uh, 
Dean Wilson and Blake Baggett come out of the amateurs. Baggett goes to the last few nationals, spends a shit ton of money to try to show what he's got. Wilson stays home and banks on that ride. We know that Mitch chose Wilson um, over Baggett, and Baggett had to go to the Suzuki team. But if he had to do it over again, did Mitch make the right choice? They're both going to be national uh, champions. Yeah, I mean, based on last year when they went head-to-head, Wilson won the title. So how are you going to argue against that? Yeah, that's a good point. Right? I mean, that's all That's all you can really go off of because... <laughs> Damn you, JT. Damn you. What's that? Damn you and your good points. <laughs> um, not getting points anywhere else. i got to score them here. <laughs> wow. Not only that, you're cutting the track to try to get points. Exactly. Whatever it takes. I'm just trying to... I'm trying to start this thing. It's called "What Would Tony Do?" It uh-huh. involves cutting the track, jumping, jumping the gate, big <laughs> uh, boards, right. basically anything. So those, then, these last four motos, it's anything goes. I heard from some, another team that Mike was running some helmet communication system. At yeah, your- Tony screaming at him from the tower. <laughs> Did you hear anything about this? Either one of you guys? No, I didn't. There was a manager. That said, he had it in his back pocket to to pull out that protest card because Mike had helmet to helmet communications with with I imagine Tony. Uh, I'd looked, I didn't see nothing. I don't know how this guy knew it. It could be just one of those things, you know. Um, but I honestly feel that they're they're so connected. It's like telepathic. <laughs> right, right. Um, like the X Men, Tony has to put his hand to his forehead, and then that's exactly. it. Exactly. That, that's yeah. all you need. Yeah. And it's, it's always go faster or kill switch. It's just like a short <laughs> message. Kill switch. Really? You're really going to go there? Uh, just, I mean, know, that out there. it's 2000 and what, 8? 2007? Five. That was 2005. Five. 2005 and you're going there. It was that long ago? Are you serious? I'm going to kill myself immediately after this podcast. It was that, it was, it was that long? It was seven years ago? Yeah, it was 2005. Yeah. Oh, shit. Hey, what about Jesse Nelson? He's ninth in the points. He got 10th this week. <laughs> You're on a roll, bud. Keep it going. It's not going away. Keep it going. Uh, it's not going away. Jesse Nelson is having a good year. So is Travis Baker. I don't think either one of those guys I would have put in the top 10 in the points at the end of the year. They both are. Good for them. All right, yeah, we're moving on. has the trump card of... Wonder if once or twice I got to start, and I feel like I can run with those guys. So I just gotta eventually figure out all the pieces. That's a, I, I feel it's a big thing. Got that going. Who who does who does Jess Nelson? Yeah, remember yeah. Nelson at the beginning of the year had a couple of good starts and ran up front for a few laps. Yeah. So he can feel like okay, I've got that in me. I just gotta figure this whole thing out, but right. I can run with those guys. Um, Tony Larusso went twenty four thirty two. Immediately, he had to get back to the old home folk for a curfew right after the race. Um, they served dinner at seven, so he was out of there right away. Yeah, they had the. It was mush meatloaf night, so he had to get back. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> um, I twenty seven. Oh, Tony Russo, you win. Uh, I guess we shouldn't say that. We shouldn't say something like that without mentioning John Dowd went seventeen twenty six. He smoked me, and I, I beat him in the second moto, but only because he stepped off his bike on the big step up. He did. Yeah, he crashed really bad on that step up in the back. <laughs> when you're, full- hey, can I bring up something too with with uh, Zach Bell? I, I for, forgot to mention this, and it's really been bugging me. 
his interview at Southwick um, <laughs> was incredible to me. Right. It really was. Right. He says, okay, this is my first race. I finally got the start, which I don't understand. It was his first <laughs> moto of his career. He finally got the start. <laughs> then he said, I hit my head. I can't focus, but I'll see you next moto. <laughs> right, right. And then obviously they didn't let him race. If anyone saw that, they're like, no, this guy's not racing. He thinks he's raced before because he said he finally got the start, and he can't focus on anything right now. <laughs> that was, I replayed so that it like 25 really times because was I was just dumped out of What's that like? That was a concussion test. That interview was actually the concussion <laughs> test. <laughs> Disguised as an interview. I finally got the start. Yeah. You did good job, Zach. <laughs> Those starts have always been always plagued your pro career. That's always it been, it's always been the talk. Whole shot of your first moto, you finally got that. Finally got it. Yeah. Um, see, and that's and that's like I've had a bunch of people, Twitter uh, industry people, talking about Zach Bell to me, and we're so spoiled. We just assume these kids are going to be that good. I mean, the kid was according to Wygan, who was at the ranch, and when he was managed to get away from RC's pits, he watched a few motos. And according to Wygant, he, Zach was, you know, Zach was as good as any Dean Wilson, Trey Kennard, whatever you want to say, uh, Austin Stroop, whatever person you want to put him at, Zach Bell was on that level. He steps onto a Geico bike, and to me, he's underperforming. I really, I mean, he's, I, he's running up front, but he's crashing, and he looks to be a little tired. He's, he, he's having trouble focusing after a crash. Like, we're so spoiled. The days of, you know, uh, I'm, Button said he went, you know, he, Button was one of the Loretta Lynn's top riders, and he went to his first national, went like 18, 16, got lapped. Those days are over. Um, we expect these kids to do something. So when I hear in all this Zach Bell, Zach Bell, Zach Bell talk, I'm just like, eh. I mean, eh. Like, he should be better. Maybe we're just spoiled. I, don't, I disagree. Also, I think front. he's doing really well. He, he obviously needs to... Um, you know, get rid of the crashing thing because that's you can't keep crashing at that pace. You know, obviously he went. He, I think he got transported after the moto this weekend because he hit his head again. Um, but speed wise, I mean, for him to just jump in and be as fast or faster than those top five right now is that's impressive. I don't care. I, I'm Austin, very impressed by his speed. Austin Stroop was as fast or faster. Um, you know, Ryan Villapoto. Um, Dungey went five, got fifth in his first moto. Um, Josh Hill's podiumed his second ever race. I'm just like, of course he's, you know, and look at the bike and the team he's on. Like, don't get me wrong. It, it's it's awesome. He's good. He's going to be good. He's, he's riding good. He's finally got a start. But uh, um, I just, <laughs> I'm just like, eh, like, eh. I don't know. I mean, what? What what would impress you if he went came out and went one one? That's that's not no, gonna happen. I want to see if he went if he if he came out the the first four motos of the year and got top five all four motos. I'd be like, wow, okay, we're on to something. Ricky Carmichael went seventeen six. Yeah, those days are over. Justin Bogle went four late, leading the moto for a long time, and went four four seven at Unadilla last his year. First moto. Yeah. Why that wasn't his first race? Why again? Yeah, he got the sixth overall or fifth overall. And I led. remember what the moto scores were, though. And I think he led. Yeah, and led. Well, no, I know what you're saying. And I'm almost alluding to the same thing. Like, Jeremy Martin having a bad debut, like, under normal circumstances. Like, ah, big deal. It's his first race. doesn't really mean anything. He's just learning. 
But at this point, it's like, that's not even acceptable anymore. It's like, you have to go out there and show these tremendous flashes, or it is a disappointment, because it has happened so many times now. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, uh, I don't know if that really is mean that Bell's sucking it up, but it's just, no, I'm it's just become like the standard. Yeah. Really straight. It's not like, oh my God, this kid's leading in his first race. It seems to happen once a year for somebody. Yeah, honestly, I'm just like, ho-hum. Like, really, like, when he was leading Southwick, I'm like, eh, whatever. Like, of course he is, you know? Of course, Paul Lindsay said he called it. Um, so. Okay, before we wrap, <laughs> before we wrap this up, um, who is uh, – he went 28-25 in the 250 class. Who is Ignacio Pazos? Uh, Ignacio Pazos is a rider from Argentina who – his parents were Roberto and Maria. He was the multi-time South American champion. Uh, he, his brother is named uh, Marco. Mm-hmm. Actually, none of that is true. I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> Never heard of him. Didn't see him. He's <laughs> waiting for likes and dislikes. He likes walks on the beach. He doesn't like sunflower seeds. He doesn't like Pablo Escobar. Um, no, who is he? Why can't you know? Any idea? Ignacio no. Pazos. But, uh, national, you know. Retail manager. So what do I know? We we could have another Crayer Meats on our hand here, <laughs> or um, Jean, Juan, um, well, Jean Carlos Ramos, Jean Carlos Ramos. <laughs> Maybe it was Jeff Willow riding under a pseudonym, avoiding drug tests. <laughs> Still avoiding the Steel City drug test from from nineteen ninety seven. I have this plan. I'm going to train and come back as Ignacio Palos. <laughs> Um, that's the name of the he, so he took the name of the drug lord he killed to escape wow that's <laughs> tempting that's deep and, and John Carlos Ramos is hired to find out exactly what this plan is <laughs> um, okay anything else are we good um, Michael Byrne would have won uh, the, anything else besides that we're good I'm going to tell you the track map for Steel City figure out where I can cut it <laughs> you know <laughs> Why again? Hey, I know that um, yeah. our tr- experience comes from. It's all started in the GNCCs, where, as you can imagine, try cutting is. Um, there's great potential for that <laughs> since it's an unmarked 13 mile track. So the telltale sign is always the lap times. It almost never lies. Like even there, the guys are pretty consistent at the pro level. You know, they run a 28 minute lap all the way around, and all of a sudden they do a 25 minute lap. It's pretty obvious. So I'm wondering if they study the lap times <laughs> and we're like. Wait a minute. How could this be? How could that lap, you were only 17 seconds slower than Dungey. You had to have cut the track. <laughs> they must have had a photo or whatever, and then the lap times next to each other. It appears yeah, so the, the track proof I got was that no. I said, well, basically you have no proof, no nothing. You're just, you know, that's how it goes. Well, I can send you a picture of Weimer doing it. I'm like, Oh, okay, great. Sweet. That's just what I want. So I get this picture of Jake Weimer cutting the track. Uh, we're, we're, we've arrested you for murder. We have a picture of Ted Bundy killing somebody. We, <laughs> we've arrested, but you're guilty. We, we, we. Yes, we have this, this mugshot of Charles Manson. That's all we need. <laughs> oh, give, me the, give me those handcuffs. Let's read your rights here. Let's get this on. Um, Wygant, what, what is ever, has there ever been a big GNCC track cutting scandal? Like with a top guy? Is there ever like I'm surprised oh, I've never dude, it used to happen all the time. Oh it used really? To happen all the time. Oh. It got so gnarly the teams were accusing um other teams of walking the track a day or two before and even laying like 
cutting down logs to let, like, to hide the special line until the last lap. Like, only the one rider would know this log is actually laying here, and I can ride right over it, and it's going to allow me to cut 20 feet off, and I can pass the dude in the last lap. It got to that point. Oh. The teams were accusing each other of manipulating the track ahead of time to create lines like that. So now they're not allowed to even look at the track. The riders, pro riders, are not even allowed to look at the racetrack. They have to stay within the pits until the day of the race. Really? And then they, can, they can walk out for the amateur stuff and, and kind of check it out. Well, they use those the electric dog colors. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like the, the, the rule was always the riders are the best police ever. Like if a dude cuts the track, take a wild guess. Who's going to notice? The dude he just passed. Right. So if a dude's out in the woods, um, some other team is immediately going to rat him out. Um, and that, that pretty much stopped it. Everyone being like, all right, well, now you guys don't even get to look at the track before you race on it. This is what you've created for yourself, so I hope you're happy. <laughs> it's a good job But it was that. pretty gnarly for a while. Yeah, I mean, I would think why, why if you're out, especially if you're, well, what, even if you're out front leading and you cut the track, like, hey, you know, like, no one's going to see it, and I just added to my lead or whatever, so. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, no, we've had it because the rule is, I think, you know, you have arrows, and you've got to stay within 25 feet to the left or right. So, you know, we've had to go out there and look at where the rut is and, I guarantee you guys are missing the whole point. It's, it's a GNCC. No one cares. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. The last time I did a GNCC Unadilla 2010, uh, I cut the track. I, I I absolutely I cut the track at different points. I was trying to get out of the woods so I wouldn't die. That's that's that was my that was my reasoning behind it. I can't tell you what blows me away yeah. though is when I see quad GNCCs on TV. That blows my mind. The fact that that is televised is shocking to me. <laughs> There's dudes with gun racks. They get better ratings. Following they, each other through the they woods. Get better ratings than the bike. They don't. They get better ratings than the bike. No, they don't. Oh yeah. What are you? What, are you really surprised? Do they have? They don't. They have the race quads, or they actually have gun racks. Oh, I I did no, see a leader. Them. One of the leaders had a gun rack on. He had a gun rack and a cowboy hat. No helmet. <laughs> I think you just made that up. I did, but that's, that's all I could see. It was so bad that I couldn't turn away. That's probably why the ratings are so high. It's like a train wreck. You know it's horrible, but you just can't look away. Well, the man voicing those over is on the other line here. The voice I'm aware. There is no, I'm not happy about it. There is no less passion calling a, Chris, a classic Chris Borich battle for the win than there is watching David Knight or any other superstars on the bike side. It's, not, it's the same? No less passion, no less intensity on the voice of the announcer. I like that. Maybe more. Oh, he makes the pass. No, he doesn't, actually. There's a single track, and you cannot pass here. They're on quad. <laughs> Sorry. Nobody's passing anybody anytime no. soon. <laughs> and we have the first lap, and yes, they're actually just going to call it because it's impossible to pass. <laughs> the running order is the same. The last ten laps, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, the running order has been the same. But there's soon, maybe someone's quad will break. <laughs> <laughs> If you watch the shows enough, you'll see there's more passing, more battles, and literally passing on the last lap on the quad side. I have no clue how. Maybe they're cutting the track, but somehow they do pass. Any of the footage, it looks like it would be impossible, but it does happen. I don't listen, know how. Listen to Y guy just, defend, just defending his roots. Just Somebody broke a universal you, joint. You That's going to be a DNF. <laughs> <laughs> One year, the champion series, Bill Balance, broke his leg like over the summer break we had, and then he managed to come back for the next round, like barely healed up, like, just trying to get a fifth. And he did. He got like fourth or fifth or something like that. 
And we're like, man, how are you able to do that with a broken leg for two hours? And he's like, well, I just seat rode it the whole way. And I'm like, ooh, they have a term for it. <laughs> seat rode it. I, I, seat rode it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank so I don't know, like, at that point, like, is he a hero? Or did he actually lose stock at that point? I couldn't tell. Nuke the quads, bro. Nuke the, nuke the quads. Oh. I like the quads. I'm going to just admit that. Hey, right Brodo, Brodo that. Cross got his media passes back. He's in. He's back in. Oh, please. Did you know that? I saw him. You know him in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. figured. Well, he was on a ban for a while because he snuck, snuck into the pits, but it's, it's, it's been lifted. Do you know at um, High Point, the, there were quad motocross guys there, like, looking for him? Yeah. Like, seriously looking for him. Like, they were trying to track him down so they could fight him. Right. But that right. was pretty funny. And, and didn't. Didn't Jen Ken or someone tell them that it was somebody else or something? I, I, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the details, but there was like a, yeah. almost a crossing at some point. I do like how Brotocross, you know, his, his famous thing is no fucks given, right? Yet, he was telling me after the race that he no longer is doing the fan of the week critique because he was told by some upper management types that to cut that off, to, to, to stop it. It's, it's hurting people's families and daughters and... You know, because he was pretty cruel on those things. So, um, I got. I heard he got threatened by a lawsuit. No, I didn't. I didn't hear that part of it from him. Yeah, I did. But, but, I, I heard that was more the reason he got uh, like no, served notice he was going to get sued. <laughs> just want to say, <laughs> was that not inevitable? I just want to say, not inevitable. I, I, I love Brotocross, but we all, at some point down the line, somewhere along the line, the man comes in, right? Nope, and he doesn't sell out. Inevitable. <laughs> Hanny, except for Hanny. Well, I would make a, yep. I would I would say that the man did come in for Hanny. He got fired or not let. According to Kenny, he didn't get fired. His contract's not getting renewed. So all these he didn't sell out though. All these idiots. Yeah, no, you're right. He wore the Borat one piece unitard the whole way. Okay, good times. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast show. Jason Thomas, uh, congratulations on your uh, track cutting. I look forward to more of Steel City. Jason Wygant, sorry about that Brock Tickle article. I will try to do better in the future. And uh, thanks, guys. All right. All right. See ya. Talk to you after Steel City. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.